welcome to the KC City Church Audio Podcast. We pray you enjoy this following sermon. Good morning, church. It's so good to be able to come to you this morning once again. Uh, one day in the house of the Lord is better, better than a thousand elsewhere. Amen. And particularly for those of you who are joining us for the first time, we want to welcome you. I know it's, it's online, so it's kind of strange a little bit, but... Welcome to KC City Church. We're so thankful that you're able to join us this morning. You know, I remember way back in the 80s, we used to sing the song, This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. I'm sure many of you know that and you might probably be singing that right now. But, you know, Scripture does say that this is the day that the Lord has made and let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let joy fill your homes today. Let it Fill your hearts today with the knowledge of knowing that you are special before Him, that He loves you. And I believe right now He actually really wants to heal you. And so if you have pain in any part of your body right now, just place it there and say, Jesus, I am healed. Release upon yourself the healing that comes from the finished work of the cross. In particular, I, 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 I want to call it arthritis. And in Jesus' name, the Lord wants to heal. He wants to heal your knee. He wants to heal your joints, whatever pain that you might be feeling, let the Lord just come right now in Jesus' name and, and be healed. Any cancer situation that you may know of or that you may be experiencing, let the Lord just come and heal in, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just wait on the Lord just for a minute for the Lord to just come and just remind us, not just of His goodness, but even as we've sung this morning, and as we've worshipped Him, He wants to do a deep work in you. Let Him just do that right now. Thank you, Lord. And just let worship just begin to arise from you. Thanksgiving. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Lord, even as I lay hands on my heart, each one of us, let's lay hands on our hearts, Lord. We pray that our hearts would be ready for Your Word. We give You thanks and we give You praise, Lord, because... You are the author and finisher of our faith, Lord. You have our future in your hand. Your word says that the plans that you have for us are good plans. So today we declare those good plans over each and every one of us, every household. Believe that, trust that this morning and in faith begin to receive that in Jesus' name. Because there are things that are, uh, are turning around for you. You might not see, but there are things that are turning around for you right now. So, in Jesus' name, receive that. And in faith, accept it. You know, Romans 13, verse 1 says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. And in Acts chapter 5, verse 29 says this, but Peter and the apostles replied, we must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead after you killed him by hanging him on a cross. Today's message, the title of my message today is Unified, a gospel for all people. And these two verses that I've just read right now, they seem verses that contradict one another, right? 
But let me clarify this, that submission is not the same as obedience, though the two are related. Now, obedience relates to outward performance, while submission touches the attitude of the heart toward those who are over you. Right? The distinction, this distinction obviously is, is critical, right? Because you may not always be able to obey those who are over you, but you can always have a heart's attitude of submission. Now we see this in, we see this outplayed in the book of Daniel, as Daniel and his, and his friends um, were within the Babylonian, Babylonian culture. God worked through Nebuchadnezzar though. Right, for his to achieve his ultimate purpose, but in that, you you see both you know Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were thrown into the fiery furnace. They faced the lions' den, and whilst they may have submitted to the culture over there, they did not in any way obey anything that was in contrary to scripture. So if there was a conflict to scripture, they didn't obey to the extent of of their lives. You know, as I was preparing for this for this message, I came across this story of a soldier uh, who was standing at attention during a parade drill when he waved to one of the spectators. Now, the drill instructor went over <clears throat> to the young man and growled, Soldier, don't ever do that again. But as his company marched past the reviewing stand, the young man waved a second time. When the troops got back, to the barracks, the drill instructor barreled, uh, barreled in and barked at the soldier. I told you not to wave. Aren't you afraid of me? He says, yes, sir. The private replied, but you don't know my mother. Now, fear factor is a real thing and not to be dismissed. Right? There's so much of fear around, fear of how long this... This lockdown is going to continue. Fear of the new variant. Fear of this. Fear of that. Fear of losing your job. These are real fears, folks. And they can cripple you and I. But as believers, we have a hope that is way above all of this. You know, the word of the Lord says, Perfect love casts away all fear. And perfect love is in the embodiment of Jesus Christ. Amen. And He resides in you and I. His Spirit resides in you and I. So for those of you who don't know Jesus, He wants to come and help dispel the fear that you might have. He wants to give you a hope and a future. And in Him you can. And hence, that is why this gospel is a gospel for all people. Right? Now, I've quoted these verses to encourage us to keep attention between submission and obedience. Now, we obviously have uh, a godly obligation to willingly submit to authorities that, that, um, uh, that, have, been, that have been placed by God. Yet, we also clearly see that the apostles displaying to us the obedience to God is of greater importance, particularly when the instructions put to us are in conflict with the Word of God. The context here is legal versus what is right. Legal versus right. And Peter the, and the other apostles answered in Acts chapter 5 verse 29 which I've read earlier and he says we ought to obey God rather than men. Now in his book Unspeakable, uh, Os Guinness wrestles with the problem of evil in the world. In one section he focuses on the Nuremberg uh, 
uh, trials that followed World War II. The Nazis stood charged with crimes against humanity and their mantra of defense was simple. I was merely following orders. The verdict, however, was that the soldiers had a moral obligation to defy orders that, though legal, were clearly, clearly wrong. Excuse me. In a much different context, we see Peter, the disciples, and the disciples were arrested for presenting the message of the risen Christ and brought before the religious rulers in Jerusalem. They were the Sanhedrin, right, who had instructed them, you are not to preach about this risen Christ. Rather than allowing themselves to be shaped by the mood of the mob, the disciples then declared their intention to continue preaching Christ. The orders of the religious establishment may have been legal, but they were wrong. When the disciples chose to obey God rather than these godless religious leaders, they raised a standard of conviction that rose above the opinions of the rulers of this world. John Piper puts it this way, The most important thing this text does is it puts all of our social and political life in relation to God. The Bible is not a book about how to get along in the world. It is a book inspired by God about how to live, how to live to God. In Galatians uh, chapter 2, verse 19, Through the law I died to the law, that I might live to God. So the aim of life, including our social and political life, is to live to God, to live with God in view, to live under His authority. Dear friends, you know, I, I'd like to draw your attention to an edict that is being drafted as a possibility first in New South Wales and quite likely here in Victoria and other parts of Australia. You know, we have seen the signs over these past months and feel that it is necessary to share with our community, with you, what is going to be our policy, the policy of our church. Right? And I met, I met on Wednesday uh, with our elders and several of our leaders in church to discuss the matter which is at hand uh, or, or a possible proposal, a possible edict, right? Vaccinated that says vac vaccinated only worship service. And the impact that this is going to have, the impact and ramifications that's, that this will have on us as a church community and obviously other churches too. Right? It says, in, it says that weddings, funerals, places of worship for vaccinated, for fully vaccinated only. Churches and places of worship to open subject to one person, four square meter rule with no singing. So this proposed edict being discussed states that once 70% of double-dose vaccinations is reached, churches are required to use vaccination certificates, systems for vaccinated-only worship services. In other words, those who are not vaccinated will not be permitted to attend our church services. Fairly similar to what happened during the Roman, uh, in, in the Roman Empire with uh, the uh, emperors who thought themselves as gods. And so, you know, uh, certificates were issued and if you didn't have one, then it implied that you were not a, a, a follower of Rome as such that would 
worship the gods, that would worship the emperor as a god. You know, in uh, on the 9th of August 2021, which was just about a month ago, our, our prime minister actually um, announces and he said that the vaccination service is free and it is not mandatory. That's an important principle. We are not going to seek to impose a mandatory vaccination program by the government, by stealth, right? So it is saying that now churches are required to use vaccination certificates systems for vaccinated only worship services. But here we find that our own prime minister has said that it is not going to be imposed and it is not mandatory. But yet we see that this goalpost may potentially be moved. Right. I've also now spoken to several other pastors, some uh, addressing, you know, this, this hot potato today. Now suffice to say that there is grave concern, folks, is that if this edict is signed, that it's going to have some devastating impact on on our church communities, really. So we need to pray for wisdom for our political leaders as they deliberate over this matter. Now, what does a proposal of this nature do to the church? Well, you've heard me share this. You've heard me say that in, in the past, that in acting on our beliefs, there are three important considerations. One is biblical mandates, right? That is, who is Jesus? You know, salvation, the Trinity, is, is, is Jesus Lord? Is He God? You know, the church. Those are biblical mandates, right? Community standards. On the other hand, this is how each church community, um, how they govern themselves, uh, what are some of their community values, what are some of the values that they live by, right? How do they run their worship services? So how do they run their prayer meetings? These are these, are these community standards that that each uh, church holds. And it may be different. Different denominations run it differently. And then there's the third aspect, which is personal convictions. These are personal choices that we all make based on our own conscience and free will. A clear example is the choice to be vaccinated or not to be vaccinated. This is a personal choice, right? And it must not be confused with biblical mandate or a community standard. Now, this is not a message on whether you should or you should not take a vaccine. As a leadership, we have made the decision to not interfere in areas where we feel are matters of personal conviction, right? And in particular, the topic of COVID vaccinations. Our encouragement is for each one, each one of you, each one of us, we need to research and read up, obtain credible medical advice, and most importantly, pray seeking God's guidance. Now, unfortunately, it is becoming more and more apparent that even those who are in power have sworn to uphold the Constitution and speak the truth are displaying a lack of transparency. That restrictions seem arbitrary and inconsistent, making it really difficult for many of us who don't possess all of the pertinent information to objectively know what and who to believe. That's confusion. There's angst, there's anger, there's frustration, there's anxiety, a host of other emotions, right? I mean, granted, the, 
the issues before the powers that be are of considerable magnitude and it is not easy to be journeying in in their shoes in this current environment you know hence why it is really important for us to be praying for them we need to pray that they will have wisdom in making these daily decisions that they will not be governed by greed for power and 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 uh, i suppose money as well that's the other aspect but 1 john timothy 2 verse 1 to 4 it says this that first of all then i urge that supplications prayers intercessions and thanksgiving be made for all people for kings and for all who are in high positions that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life godly and dignified in every area this is good and it is pleasing in the sight of god our savior who desires all people to stand uh, sorry all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth this is god's desire for everyone to be saved and to come to truth and so part of that requires us to really be upholding our leaders our political leaders let's pray for them let's let's consistently be be praying for them it's easy to criticize but i think what we need to do a whole lot more is to actually really pray for them now should this edict be passed now imagine this imagine managing the flow of people coming into churches right having to ask them hey have you been vaccinated what about yourself oh you're not vaccinated uh, and their husband and wife now imagine that that you allow one to come in and the other you're going to tell the other person sorry but we can't receive you today you know you can't come in unless you get vaccinated hey but remember we love you we love you okay we love you we're not we're not trying to be mean here you know this is what the government is saying so you know we we make those kind of statements and we say that oh, but we love you but we can only love you now from a distance i mean, imagine that it's it's like you know i know you may think that i'm being harsh here in saying this or over dramatizing this but i think it is it, it's like a form of excommunication really what we're saying is you know because excommunication is is saying that now you can't now fellowship with us so we are saying the non vaccinated you cannot really come and and fellowship with us right that's that's what it is and imagine the impact it's going to have you know on 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 our community at the heart of this edict is discrimination and segregation that is what it is and we've got to call it out and we we've, we've got to call that out right it is it will it will cause the uh, it will cause uh, communities to 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 con- to really have an increase in in the area of fear distrust you know having this two tiered sort of a uh, society the vax and the non vax community uh, it, it's going to encourage people to start calling others out you know and imagine the distrust that this is going to create within community in itself right as bible believing believers if this is passed and mandated we will then now set a precedence for many other forms of segregation church we can we we have to learn from history that points to the irresponsible often points to the irresponsible way of how biblical values have been interpreted and and lived out causing much confusion and pain you know driving people away from Christ and church altogether now we we don't want to do that we don't want to uh, cause people to be driven away 
and and to bring about an inconsistency of what of, of scripture so here before us is a proposed edict that is simply making the decision for the church to implement a segregation policy that is not consistent with scripture we've got to state that very clearly the government should not enforce these matters on church and dictate how we can and can't do from from a biblical perspective meaning that oh you can only invite you can only have these this group of people now you can't have that group of people you know uh, they 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 cannot they're just creating a whole lot more confusion for us as 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 once because we've got to ask the question now who who do we then now obey scripture or do we obey you you know that's that's the that's the fundamental struggle that we are all going to be having right you know, sometime last year, I'd asked a federal minister, a political leader, the question on, on his thoughts about, about church. And his response was, well, as stated in the 1800s, and I believe citing uh, Thomas Jefferson here, there should be a separation of church and state, meaning the church should not meddle in the matters of the state or of politics. Right? And after hearing his thoughts, I, I flipped the statement onto himself and said, well, in like manner, don't you think that the state should then not interfere in matters of the church? Why are you telling us whom we can and should have in our churches? Why are you saying, and I, and I quoted several other uh, examples, I gave him a couple more examples and, you know, in all honesty, he couldn't give me a, an, an adequate response. Because in all honesty, yeah, it's, you know, when it's flipped, they don't seem to have the understanding. It's always one way. Often, I shouldn't say always, it's often been one way. So now, taking his statement as a premise, the state then should not therefore mandate churches to refuse non-vax people who are already part of our community to attend worship services and others who wish to visit to encounter the love of Christ. They want to know more about the Christian faith. Are we to say only if you're vaccinated you can come? Whilst we abide by all by all the other required restrictions, folks. You know we have been abiding by and we continue to abide by these by these restrictions, right? Today, for instance, our entire service has been pre recorded to provide our team of five who've been here week after week, right, the same bubble, just a week off, to give them respite. But imagine families having to decide for themselves if they want to be vaccinated or not, just so that they can attend a church service, or go to a restaurant, or go to an entertainment centre. Right? Whilst their conscience may say no, at, at least at this point in time. Right? Just the emotional turmoil and the continued unrest can be so, so crippling. What about those who will now lose their jobs? Should this be, man should this be mandated? You know, Arch Archbishop uh, uh, of Sydney, Kanishka Raphael, said this in his response to the proposed edict. Jesus is Lord of all, and his gospel is a gospel for all. A no-entry sign at the door of the church is wholly inconsistent with the gospel preached inside. Isn't that amazing? 
neither race, gender, ethnicity, age, or economic or education status or vaccination status are to operate as divisions within the Christian community or barriers to the fellowship we share because of Jesus. You know, Martin Isles from the Australian Christian Lobby in response to, or rather commenting on that statement, says this, that no church can make vaccination a requirement of receiving sacraments, worshipping God, or hearing the gospel because there is not one person, regardless of who they are or what they have done, who Christ would not welcome to himself with open arms. John 6.37 says this, Whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Right? John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, or for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. You know, some versions put it this way, that God proved he loved the world by giving his Son. He's proved it to you and I that he loves us, that, 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 that he loves us so much that he gave, he, he gave his son. He proved it to us. You know, to believe, the word believe here means this, that where one has an inner confidence that God alone is enough. So when I believe I have this inner confidence, it's God alone. That's enough. And, you know, the word world comes from the word cosmos. And in a broader sense, it means all of the inhabitants, everyone. So it's you and I. It's you and I where we begin to see that as God has proved, God proves His love for us by giving us His Son, Jesus. Right? Jesus took upon Himself this condition that we are in. Your sickness. That's why I said earlier that your arthritis can be healed. Your Zoom fatigue can be healed. Your anxiety can be healed because He took that. He saw all of this way ahead of time. And he became that sacrifice for you and I. Right? We'll look just at a few more verses. Now, this vaccination rollout must not create, and this, I want to say, must not create division in the church. And it really saddens my heart to hear that some of these things are happening even in our own midst. Right? Now, this is not about us having robust conversations about it. This is not about you finding out from someone, hey, what are your thoughts about it? I think we should. We cannot stop anyone from asking those questions. We must. We must allow that. You know, we, we, we can't become a bunch of control freaks. Right? As we see that, we see within, you know, the powers that be how this is really happening. But we as a church can't be doing that. Right? To those vaccinated, I want to say this. Please do not view the non-vaccinated as uncaring or unloving Right, and to the to the non-vaccinated, likewise, do not view the vaccinated as 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 ones who may may lack particular conscience, you know, in a sense, or that they are disobeying the Bible by 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 implanting something, some sort of a substance within themselves, or even worse off, to say that now, hey, you've taken on the mark of the beast, you know, and this is not biblical for you to have done that now. Who gives you the right to be making those kind of statements though? Shouldn't we be a community that actually loves? Right? And some of you may say, no, but you, you know, I, I can't just keep what I have to speak the truth. Yes, yes, I know you need to speak the truth, but I think there needs to be, uh, you know, we need to draw the line between how we care for people. Hallelujah. 
And I think that's, that's an important thing. Again, this is not to say that you and I can't have robust conversations. Let's have it. But the manner in which we go about doing it, I think that needs to be really, really reevaluated, looked at. You know, and, and it and it shouldn't be it shouldn't be the cause the cause of, of division within our midst. So I really want to speak to each and every one of us here today. Please be a whole lot more caring to one another. Have those robust conversations, but don't let that be a a, a uh, don't don't let that divide us. Now I have people giving me information, and I actually really ask for information. Plus, I give people information as well. But as a leadership, we have said we will not be we will not uh, make these decisions for you. You can seek that out. You can seek that out by 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 what I'd already by what I've already mentioned earlier. Now, in Romans chapter fourteen. Verse 1 to 13 says this very clearly though. Unity in the midst of diversity. Offer an open hand of fellowship to welcome every true believer. Even though their faith may be weak and immature and refuse to engage in debates with them concerning nothing more than opinions. Because we all have dif differing opinions in this matter. For example, one believer has no problem with eating all kinds of food, but another weaker faith will eat only vegetables. Right? Now the one who eats freely shouldn't judge and look down on the one who eats only vegetables. Right? And the vegetarian must not judge and look down on the one who eats everything. Remember God has welcomed him and taken him as his partner. Who do you think you are to sit in judgment of someone else's household servant? Right? The same way, one person regards a certain day as more sacred than another, and another person regards them all alike. There is nothing wrong with having different personal convictions about such matters. And God welcomes that. Therefore, each one of us must answer for himself and give a personal account of his own life before God. So stop trying, stop being critical and condemning of other believers, but instead determine to never deliberately cause a brother or sister to stumble, stumble and fall because of your actions. Now, there is already division on matters of vaccination, which is actually really, again, supposed to be a choice that is afforded to us, a choice based on personal convictions at whatever the timeline is. Now add that, add into that mix the denial of the non-vaccinated to attend church, which is a place of hope, a setting where the fellowship of one another worshipping God is an extremely powerful and healing experience, more so in a time like the present. So to request and mandate such a process is to interfere with the unified gospel, a gospel for all people. We should not be messing with the word of God. Galatians 3, 26-28 puts it this way, You have all become true children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Faith immersed you into Christ and now you are covered and clothed 
with his light and we no longer see each other in our former state, Jew or non-Jew, rich or poor, male or female, vaccinated, let me add this, vaccinated or not vaccinated, because we are all one through our union with Jesus Christ. And Acts 10, 34-43, it says this, And Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. That, that is it. Those who fear him and do what is right. So how can we then now begin to deny people from coming in? And we, apostles, hear this, folks, especially for those of you who don't know Christ personally. And we, apostles, are witnesses of all that he did throughout Judea and Jerusalem. They put him to death. This happened by hanging him on the cross. But God raised him to life on the third day. Then God allowed him to appear, not to the general public, but to us whom God had chosen in advance to be his witness. We were, or rather his witnesses. We were those who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he ordered us to preach everywhere and to testify that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be judge of all. Not you and I, but Jesus, the living and the dead. And he is the one that all the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. Everyone who believes. And, and friends... If you're one who are visiting us and if you're searching, if you've been joining us for a while now and, you, and you're still searching, remember He's the one who forgives your sins. None of us are perfect. And He comes and He forgives us. And we pray that His love is going to constrain you. His love is just going to embrace you this morning. Not, not the sense of fear. We believe in a non-fragmented gospel. A gospel that does not seek to segregate on the basis again, in this case, vaccination. Right? So our policy. So I'm saying all of this to come to this one final point here. Our policy will be to remain open to all people, vaccinated or non-vaccinated. And, like and like they put it now, right? whether you're jabbed or you're not jabbed, we will not discriminate or segregate between these two camps when the government lifts the lockdown. We don't want to do that. Please don't force us to do that. We will continue to adhere to other restrictions so long as it does not again contradict or violate scripture. We're not going to be discouraging people from singing as well as we gather together as it is a form of worship and we engage and when engaged in this form of worship, it not only glorifies God, it is, it is our way of expressing our love and our heart and, and, and our allegiance to Him. It is a way for us to memorize Scripture. It is a way for us to begin to, 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 experience, uh, to, exp to experience the Word of God coming to life within us as we begin to sing. Now, additionally, though, from a practical standpoint, 
Singing brings much benefit physically and helps the brain in at least six ways. It boosts your immune system, it releases stress, benefits your heart, increases your energy, improves your memory. Now it fosters clear thinking through correct breathing. Breathe in, breathe in as they say, right? Now, let me bring this plane to a landing. In conclusion, I just want to say this, that in these measures, if these measures are mandated, for churches, the confusion and inconsistency that this decision will communicate to not just believers but those who are on a journey seeking out the Christian faith would be devastating. History time and time again points to the impact and destruction that slowly erodes a society that devalues and denies the complete practice of the Christian faith and adherence to biblical promises. There are still current in today's day and age. You know, these promises are for you and I. They are for our families. They are for our nation, for this world. You know, when I visited the Holocaust Museum in, in Israel, I saw a quote from a German uh, pastor who reflected on his, on his situation and he wrote this. He said, they came for the communists and I did not object for I was not a communist. They came for the socialists and I did not object for I was not a socialist. They came for the Jews and I did not object for I was not a Jew. But when they came for me, there was no one left to object. Friends, it's important for us to speak out. It's important for us to share our conviction and to state particularly, particularly when it comes to its conflicting scripture. It's important for us to be able to say that. And that's the reason why we're sharing this word with each and every one of you. Because as we met as an eldership, as we met as leaders, we all felt that this is just not right. This is not the way forward. So, it highlights here, right, the outcome of extreme power. Where objectivity is often marred by our very own blind spots. We should learn from, again, from history that can better inform what could potentially happen when decisions like this are made in isolation, when we begin to silence other voices, right? When faith communities are slowly pushed aside and being an active part of the church becomes irrelevant by the introduction of an edict, it then establishes a totally different order. Right? Some are calling it even now like a new order. An order that will eventually replace the importance of what churches or the gathering of churches gathering as a community that worships and seeks God together. And Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25, it exhorts us to not neglect the gathering together. Right? This was written at a time where you know, it was difficult for believers. They were going through persecution. Right, and here the writer exhorts them by saying in verse 25, Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Hallelujah. The day of his return is drawing near. Let me end with this challenge that Paul gives in Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. 
put on the whole armor of God that you may not be that you may be able sorry that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places right and so paul says therefore take on the whole armor of god that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all he says stand firm not just stand but stand firm stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and that's important we don't just stand but we stand from by fastening the belt of truth knowing the truth having the breastplate of righteousness right the shoes of readiness given by the gospel of peace take on the shield of faith to extinguish it, the flaming darts the, the flaming darts of the evil one take on the helmet of salvation the sword of the spirit and the, which is the word of god now praying at all times in the spirit and to that end keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all the saints memorize this passages of scripture let it become part and parcel of your life at this point in time because this is what we need we need to put this on because we are not fighting against flesh but it's these it's these spiritual powers it's it's the demonic realm it's these evil forces that's whom we need to wage our war against and we need to pray against these things that are continually coming against the church right through well meaning edicts or bills or whatever you want to call it but again when it conflicts the word of god that's when we need to be speaking out and saying that i don't think this should be the case now in hebrews chapter 12 finally in hebrews chapter 12 you know it says this looking to jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame so there was the sense of joy that jesus had he was empowered by joy to endure so friends let's be empowered by joy to endure what is before us we are we are in difficult times we know that but we have a christ that has gone way before us paid the price obtained the victory for you and i and for those of you who don't know jesus we want to invite you into that space so just close your eyes right now and just wait upon him and just say jesus I've been wanting to come to know you. Especially right now, where there's so much of confusion, I am so afraid. I want to know you personally. So Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a man who sinned. I'm a woman who sinned. I'm a person that sinned. I'm a sinner. and i believe that you will forgive me and that you have forgiven me you've taken my sins you've taken my sicknesses today as i invite you into my heart i want to acknowledge a desire to follow you 
So I receive you. Lead me. Guide me. And grant me the peace that will surpass all understanding in Jesus' name. We just want to bless you today. And again, if you've made that decision, you know, please inform us. Please write to us. Please, you know, check out our website and 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 enter your details in there. We'd love to hear from you. Again, folks, please feel free to join the Zoom platform right after our service. You'll hear the announcements as well. Now, as we just worship the Lord, you know, in this next song, I just want to really encourage you to to consider this unified gospel, right? Again, this message was not about, you know, is not about, you know, the need to vaccinate or not to vaccinate. That is your personal choice. And we as a church don't want to encourage any of our members to be divisive in this sense, right? We want to encourage you to pass on information. Yes, please do that. Even if the information is contrary to, to one another, doesn't matter. But that's what it is. That's, that's, that's what a community is. It is not, you know, we can't be a community that shuts one against the other. We want to be able to have some really robust conversations, but in a sense of honor, in a sense of knowing that we can we can really love that person. And whilst we even speak the truth, we speak the truth in love. Hallelujah. So God bless you. And I hope to see you when I get back, I'm sure. Thank you so much. Amen.